This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. One or one and a half. Oh, the sign says we are live here on Birds 365. Well, what do you know? It's the J&J, J&M show. Yeah, how about that? Jody McDonald, along with my partner, John McMullen, who's not rushing down to Lincoln Financial Field for an Eagles practice or walkthrough or COVID test or anything else. He can actually wait till afternoon before he gets in that car and heads to South Philadelphia because, yes, we've got a football game to preview tonight. The Eagles season is about to get underway. Game number one in the preseason. Game number one in the Nick Sirianni era. John McMullen, what are you most excited about? That's that's a good question. I mean, I don't think I ever would ever say this pre-COVID, but I'm actually a little bit excited for preseason football. Typically, you know, these are uh, fruitless exercises you got to get through uh, with week one on the mind. But you didn't have it. It was taken away from you last year. And now you say, hey, I'd like to see a little preseason game. I'd like to see... Uh, the Eagles against somebody else. And we're going to see a lot of opportunities because not only are the Pittsburgh Steelers in tonight, but then the New England Patriots come in for joint practices next week. So we're going to get a better feel for this team. Is the offense really that bad? Is the defense really that good? Because now they're going to have to face uh, other opponents. So I think it's going to give us a clearer picture of this first Nick Sirianni team Uh against other opponents. I think it's more important than usual. Uh, I would agree with uh, everything you just said, and I would add to it. Uh, As a guy who's been doing sports talk, which means relating to fans out there uh, going to telephone lines, we get our little relations by those who join us on the stream and throw comments our way, which you guys are very well invited to do today. But uh, you're truly taking phone calls in the other venues where I work. I like to think of myself as a balanced individual that while most fans immediately love to run to the ends of the earth to evaluate <clears throat> that a guy is either Canton bound immediately and or stinks and needs to be released and may he never darken our shores again. That's what fans do. They immediately yes, jump to yes. the uh, diametric opposite ends. Yeah, yes. sorry. If it's boring, so be it. I spend my life in the middle. Because I try and be balanced so and give I. times to develop and and come up with a uh, definitive answer, I'm gonna want to jump to an end on Rick Sir- Nick Sirianni tonight. I know Are that, you? and I'm gonna well, have you to- know I'm gonna I'm gonna use this, I'm gonna use Nick's own words against you because he's thrown this out to us a couple times. A wise man avoids all extremes, Jody McDonald. I and and ninety nine point nine percent of the time I subscribe to that theory. And I will have to fight myself when it comes to Nick Sirianni tonight, because new coaches do that to you. They always do. And he's replacing <clears> a guy who won the only Super Bowl in the history of the franchise here. So yes, people are going to want to either be wowed or get the rail out to run him out of town immediately after tonight's game. 
I guarantee I you not. that's the way I a lot of not. people handle it. And I'll be tempted. I'm smarter than that. I'm more experienced than that, and I won't do it. But I will be tempted. I am really interested in seeing what kind of a coach Nick Sirianni is for one preseason game. Boy, I hope not. I mean, I, I know there's going to be some people. I do think it's going to be only – the extremes that Nick Sirianni talks about. You know, Nick's been pretty honest with us. He thinks he's got an advantage early in the season, and he basically told us he's going to be very vanilla because teams around this league don't have film on the Philadelphia Eagles uh, under Nick Sirianni, their offense. And he basically said, I'm not going to show him anything because we think we're going to have a little bit of an advantage at least early in the season. And Obviously, I don't know how long that lasts because you quickly get film and it quickly piles up and people start to adjust. But it is a copycat league. We all know that. But it's I always say it's a very slow-moving copycat league. So it takes people a while to adjust. And maybe we'll have a little bit of an advantage in the first couple, three weeks, maybe month of the season. Uh, he thinks that's going to be the case and he wants to take advantage of it. I could see that sentiment. I could see that uh, way of thinking. I, I understand it. So I wouldn't get too upset. He's already out there on record saying, look, I'm not putting a lot of stuff in there. We're just going to work on ourselves, execution, try to evaluate players. I think that's the right way to go about it. I would caution. I like his uh, glass half full attitude, which is good. And I think he's shown that since the first time we met him after the hire and he did his opening press conference while he might not have wowed a lot of people. I think he did show his attitude and his fervor for the job, which I think is a good thing. Um, I think he's giving uh, the media what they want to hear and what he wants them to hear, because I think this is key. And while it is certainly present for Nick Sirianni tonight <clears throat> as a first-time ever NFL head coach, it's the same for the 31 other guys who are going to coach a exhibition game over the next several days here in the NFL. There's got to be a balance struck between secrecy and execution. People want to keep things under wrap. That's what you just said Nick referred to. The, the Eagles are at an advantage because... People don't really know us. So, yeah, you want to keep certain things that you want to do under wraps and not show them to you actually have to when you're going to use them in a game that you need to win, as in a regular season game, not a preseason game. But this is also a new team under Sirianni with a bunch of changes. They got a lot of returning guys, but they got a bunch of new guys, specifically a new quarterback who I know started four games last year, but this is his first year as the starter day one. You want to work on things, too. You want to be ready for that first game. You want to put them through their paces against, as you correctly pointed out, someone wearing a different color jersey who really is trying to stop them, who are tackling to the ground. Yeah, you want to work on certain things. So it's a balancing act. If Nick Sirianni is going to show us nothing here in game number one, I think he's doing a disservice to his team because you do need to learn to execute the plays that you think are going to work and be able to get you big plays during the season. So there's no perfect way. He's in the same exact boat that all of the 31 other coaches are. It's always a, how much do we actually work? How much do I want to get a look at something? You you like to get things on tape too, so you can evaluate your own players and what you think is going to work. Uh, so it's a balancing act. And I'm very interested to see how uh, Coach Sirial balances game number one. 
Yeah, well, I do think when you talk about you're right, you want to execute, you know, the basic plays that are going to be staples of your offense. You want to work on them against another team. I think what Nick is more of saying is is situational football. And when you bring things out, and those are the key moments of every NFL game. And you want to be very focused and very disciplined. And you want to go in with a script and you want to work on this and you want to work on this. And you're not going to change that because you're not trying to win the game. I think I think that's more of what he's talking about. Obviously, he's not going to work on a bunch of plays and then never use them because he doesn't want to show them on, on film. He knows he's got a young quarterback. He knows that young quarterback needs reps. Uh, he knows he's got young receivers. They need reps. Um, there's a lot of people they have to evaluate on both sides of the football and that's what they're do, doing. I think he's more talking about. Let, let's face it. You know, you, you're in you're in week one, and the first third and seven or eight comes up, and you're already adjusted. You're already off your script, um, and and you're trying to get that first down. You're trying to extend the first drive, and you're going to go in a different direction. I, for instance, to use the start of a game. You know, if Nick Sirianni is going to script up 15 plays, he's going to run those 15 plays, no matter what happens, because it's not important to win the football game. I think I think that's more of what he's talking about. But certainly, yeah, I mean, anybody who has a young quarterback, and this is anywhere in the NFL, and we have a lot of rookie quarterbacks, and your Jets have a rookie quarterback. Yeah, they got to get those guys ready, man. They got to get those guys ready, and they got to get them reps, and they got to get them executing the plays that are going to be staples of their offense. And it is uh, going to be fun tonight. Uh, I actually wish I was doing a show on WIP over the next couple of days because uh, to listen to the fans, and again, this comes from experience doing it 32-plus years, what Nick Sirianni will be evaluated on more than anything else, even with McMullen and McDonald saying he's not going to show you anything. He's going to keep things under wraps. He thinks he's got an advantage here that he wants to keep in his back pocket. Till the game's really starting. And by the way, that's not McMullen and McDonald. That's Sirianni. That's Sirianni. That. We're, we're relaying his yeah. message out there to Eagle Nation. They'll start second-guessing his play calling oh, by yeah. the second right. possession. Yeah. Not, 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 not the second quarter. If they get two possessions in the first quarter, people will be second-guessing his play calling oh, no, by no the second question. possession. That is the pastime of National Football League fans, second-guessing the play callers' play calls. Uh, in this case, of course, it's a head coach. Other teams have other ways of doing it. It's not the head coach everywhere, but it is here. And, oh, by the way, he's never done it before as the head coach of a football team. He's called some in preseason under uh, his previous coaches. They uh, Frank Wright gave him the ability to call him in a couple of preseason games. So it's not like he's never done wow. it before, but he's never done it before as the man like he will do it tonight. All people love to do that. What? What? Oh, how did he possibly call that play? Man. What was he thinking on third and three? How do you know? Uh, it, it, it's coming, well, Johnny Mac. You know, I I've said this to you, Jody. I've said this to many of my partners over the years. I know. I people don't judge play calling; they judge results. They don't even know what they're judging. I I, I always say, and I I talk to the with this with Doug Peterson behind the scenes, and it's like. You could have the greatest play call in the history of mankind. Nobody might know it because the left guard, the right guard misses a block. Aaron Donald blows up the play. It's over. It's a great play call. You yep. know, as a coach, you caught him, but you didn't execute. 
on, on the other end of that spectrum, you might have the worst play call, and you know that, and you go, oh, this, this isn't going to work. And then a Randy Moss or somebody like that makes a spectacular play. The quarterback just throws it up, and everybody, oh, wow, what a wonderful – they're judging results. They're not judging play calls. I wish more people would understand that. Um, and, and by the way, that's right. I mean, that's what we're all doing. We're judging results. Sure. Nick Sirianni knows yeah. he's going to be judged on results. And ultimately, those results come from that execution. But that's boring. So, you know, people that, that play calls this, that play calls that. The Philly special is the most famous play, right, in the history of Philadelphia football. Unless you want to go back to 1960 and check Chuck Bednarik. But as we know with our young producer, we tried to give him a Wally Pip reference. Nobody remembers Chuck Bednarik. So the most important play in modern Philadelphia Eagles football history. I think we could all agree on that. Now, if that doesn't work, if Trey Burton drops the football, if Corey Clement doesn't get him the football, it, it's the worst play call if, in if history. The, if the ball goes like if off Nick Bolton, fingers, yeah. off Nick Bolton's fingers, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's literally, he's mocked and, and, and said, how could you do that on the biggest stage? And nobody, Jody, nobody could figure this out. It worked. That's why it's a good play call. That's why. Not because, not because the the I, as I always say, Press Taylor deserves credit for mining that play from a, a meaningless Chicago Bears game in week 17. They ran it, I think it was against uh the Vikings. They ran the play. The Eagles liked it. Uh they put it in their offense and they used it. In the biggest moment, and it worked. So it's, you know, everybody wants it. Everybody thinks it's genius. It's only genius because the players execute it. Now, here's, thank you, to, uh, James Murdoch on the stream, for helping me make this next point. He says, uh, not true. Smarter people know how to call better plays at certain times and the flow of the game. Doug's play calling last year was terrible. Doug. Okay. Like, okay. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Doug's play calling last year. Yeah. Doug Peterson was the Eagle coach last year. Doug mm -hmm. Peterson was the Eagle coach calling the plays who put up close to a 40 spot in the Super Bowl exactly. against the New England Patriots. Did he take stupid pills That's in 2018-19 so to get it's to so 2020 obvious. or the same exact guy who called the Philly special, who put up a 40 spot against the Patriots, who last year was terrible. He didn't just get dumb. No, exactly. it all comes down to execution exactly. and results. Exactly. And, and oh, by the way, uh, people don't realize that play call you hated might have been Press Taylor because he let Press Taylor call some plays last year. Might have been Rich Scantarello because he let Rich Scantarello call some plays last year. You don't even know who called the play. Now, typically in years past, Doug didn't didn't give that didn't give that baton off. So you do you did know it was at least him. Doug gave it up at points last year. Nobody even knew. Nobody even knew until we asked him the question and he admitted it. Nobody even knew. And it will be an exhibition game tonight, and the results don't matter. And, yes, the coach is getting out and giving himself some cover by saying, hey, here's an advantage we have. 
People don't know us. We don't have anything on film. Nobody's got any idea what the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be about offensively. So if tonight the Eagles put up a fourth, uh, six spot, a couple of field goals, uh, that will be the explanation thereafter. Yeah, we weren't about to show you. We're not worried about it. Uh, we'll be ready for the first regular season game. Uh, the, the uh, I don't know about begins. that. More part, they might want to practice a little bit to get ready, but that's another conversation. Well, boy, I'm man, de- this is I called it Camp Sirianni the other day. And by the way, Nick, if you're watching, thank you. I, lo- I love it. I enjoy it. Man, they are on that field and they were off it. 80 minutes on Tuesday. They had a walkthrough on Monday. They went 80 minutes on Tuesday. They had a walkthrough on Wednesday. And they're playing a game on Thursday. Uh, it's a new world. Let's put it that way. Practice smarter, not longer. It's a great saying. But then, as we were just discussing, you'll be judged on results. It doesn't matter how much John McMullen loves it. doesn't matter how much your players love it. doesn't matter at all. If you get the results, you're a genius coach. You were the one who scaled it back. You were the one who said, practice smarter, not longer. If you don't get the results, if the numbers aren't there, if the wins aren't coming, you're an idiot. How could you let – it is all about that way. results. Doug Peterson used to do that late in seasons. He would scale back in the run to the Super Bowl, as a matter of fact. We said, this team never practices anymore. And what happens? They win. He's a genius. But as the streamer said, you you struggle and you took the stupid pills. Boom. He, he is John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are your Birds 365 guys. All right, we're going to get a third voice in the mix. A little later should be fun because Jeff Carr is going to join us. Uh, who has been filling in for Johnny Mac. Uh, many shows over the last two weeks, Jeff Carr has been the host, and John McMullen has been the gu- guest. We got, we got used to it. It's a little out of whack to start. Well, we're going to flip the script again. We'll get Jeff up here. He'll be in the guest chair a little bit later. But first, we're going to be joined by one of John's fellow beat guys. One of our faves has been good hopping on the show with us before, and we're going to use him again today to help get us ready for the first exhibition game of the year. Martin Frank from down there in the Constitution State is going to join us next here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. 
The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. A game day edition of Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Get your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, getting you ready for Eagles Steelers tonight. Here to lend a helping hand is one of our faves uh, from the Eagle Beats. He does it for the Delaware News Journal. Martin Frank joins us here on Birds 365. Martin, you look like you're ready for some football. Oh, I am. You know what? Before I got on the show, I was watching uh, Kobayashi hot dog eating. There we go. There we it's go. Attention to detail, you know, the way he boils the water, the way he slices the hot dog. I mean, that helped kind of get me ready for not only this show, but tonight's game. Fundamentals. It's about fundamentals, Martin. And by the way, yeah. I want to compliment you right off the bat because everyone should read Martin at DelawareOnline.com. He put out his seven Eagles players to watch in the preseason game. And you, um, uh, you were disciplined enough to keep Joe Flacco and Andre Patton out of there. And for the Joe Flacco obviously went to Delaware. Uh, Andre Patton is from Delaware. But that's impressive discipline right there. Well, thanks. Thanks. You know, <laughs> I, I was going through the list of guys got to watch. And you know what? If you're still watching in the fourth quarter, uh, like with about five minutes to go, I mean, that would be good Andre Patton time. You know, maybe <laughs> catch a game-winning pass from Nick Mullins. Um but I don't know how many people are still going to be like watching that late. Eagle fans will be most uh, straight thinking people would have checked out by then, but uh, Oh, Eagle fans are diehards. They'll stay for every single last play. Like those who are at the game tonight, some will get out to beat traffic, but uh, believe me, it's going to be an ugly game. And uh, you would think that most people will get out. Oh, I'm telling you, they'll still be in the stands till late. Uh, are you one of those guys like my partner, John McMullen, who'd like to thank Nick Sirianni for making your job easier because he keeps his practices nice and tidy and short? Oh, those are the, those are the best practices. Like, <laughs> I, 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 
this is my 10th year covering the Eagles and, you know, hour 15, hour 20, it's been great. You know, you have time to like, you know, recharge, um, think about where you're going to write and everything. And, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. I don't mind it at all. Yeah. He's, he's, he's winning a lot of brownie points with the people who are, uh, going to, uh, say whether he's doing a good or bad job. Joe Torrey taught me that, man. Work for the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and I think it's a very smart thing to do. That's not why Nick runs practice the way he does. He runs practice the way he does because that's how much time Howie Roseman, the training staff, the medical staff give him. But nonetheless, it's working out for us. But nobody cares about us, Martin. So let's get back to this football team. And let's get back to your to your seven players you want to watch and 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 start from the top. Who who's the most interesting storyline for the preseason opener for you? Well, I mean, you got to start with with Jalen Hurts. I mean, the quarterback. People want to see, you know, like there've been a lot of reports, you know, from us, you know, that he hasn't really looked very good um throwing the ball and everything in the pocket especially and you know, tonight is his first ch- chance to get hit since like that January 3rd finale against Washington so you want to see but you're not really going to that's that's the thing with that I mean you know the Eagles are going to keep it really simple they're not going to have like elaborate rollout plays for Jalen Hurts and stuff so you might not see anything different than what we've seen in training camp but at least you'll see something you know like he's going to be tackled tonight or try or the Steelers are going to try to tackle him and maybe he will try to escape here and there, but they're not going to be too many like RPOs or um, things to get him on the move and everything like that. So, um, but I'd still want to see him definitely. Uh, as far as uh, another guy, I mean, Zach Ertz, if he plays, you know, that's sending a message, right? Um, if he plays, you know, maybe that's a sign the Eagles are, are prepared to go forward with him on the roster this season and, and rely on him. If he doesn't play, I mean, maybe that's an indication that they're putting him in bubble wrap and making sure he's not hurt in case they do trade him or or release him at some point. So, you know, another team doesn't get damaged goods and the Eagles can get, you know, a decent return back. So those are two guys right off the bat that, that I want to see either play or, you know, what they do. Martin, as we sit here on August 12th, night of the first Eagle preseason game, if you believe there was going to be a winner and a loser out of Zach Ertz and Howie Roseman, and Zach Ertz is on the roster, which not everybody believes. Shoot, a couple of Eagle reporters had him traded six months ago. It's happening this week. It's happening today. Yeah, yeah he's still here six months later. Um, if there was a winner and a loser, who's the winner? Who's the loser? Oof, that's a good one. Um Right now, I would say Zach Ertz is the winner. I mean, you know, he's still, you know, he's showing everybody that he's he's a professional. I mean, he's in camp. He's in shape. He's, you know, he's been playing well. I mean, you know, he's probably Zach Ertz. Uh, he's probably Jalen Hurts' favorite receiver so far. Um, he's been professional. He's been helping out with the other guys and everything. I mean, if anyone wants – you know, if another team is looking to trade for a guy who's a professional, who knows what he's doing, who's a team player, I mean, Zach Ertz has shown this whole summer that he's exactly that. I mean, he's not going to have – he hasn't had a bad attitude. He hasn't sulked. He hasn't skipped practices. He's done everything that the Eagles have asked him to do. And I think he's making himself into – I mean, he's always been a consummate professional, but I think he's shown that 
to any team around the league who would want to trade for him. They're saying, you know, they're looking at this and saying, wow, Zach Ertz has been a total pro throughout this whole thing. He's playing well. He's playing hard. He's in shape. So I, I think he looks great in, in, in this, like, stalemate with him and, and Howie Roseman. I mean, that's not to say Howie Roseman's looking bad because he could still end up with, like, you know, if he wants to get a third or fourth round pick if some team gets desperate and stuff like that, then ultimately he'll come out the winner. But right now, Zach Ertz is, has, has really looked really good, and, and I think he's, he's shown something to the other 31 teams in the NFL. Yeah, Martin, I think you can make a strong argument that Zach Ertz has been the best offensive player in training camp. I, I, yep. I really believe that. I wrote about that uh, on Sports Illustrated, talked about it on my training camp show. Uh, I do want to talk about Jalen Hurts, though, because you mentioned him as well. Um, there's been this narrative, and it's kind of picked up this week, and I wrote about this on Sports Illustrated as well, uh, that maybe Jalen Hurts isn't a practice player because you have the caution jerseys, you have the quick whistles. And, you know, one of the strengths of his game as a former power lifter is breaking tackles, is extending plays, is creating something out of nothing. I, I think it's a, a legitimate point that the Eagles kind of bring up do you think Jalen Hurts is more of a game day player than a practice player? Oh, yeah. I mean, impro- improvisation is is a big part of this game. I mean, you know, what makes him such an effective runner is that he can break tackles and that, you know, he can, like, you know, do all these things in the run game. And, and we're not seeing that in practice, obviously. And we might not see any of it in, in the game tonight. I mean, I don't think the Eagles are going to take too many chances with, with Jalen Hurts. But, I mean, you know, like if you go back to that New Orleans game, like the first game he started last year, I mean, he ran for 106 yards. And the Eagles ended up winning that game like 24 to 21, you know, in a huge upset. I mean, you know, that's Jalen Hurts' game. And, and you only can show that like once a week on Sundays. You can't show that in practice because you're going to get the poor guy killed. I mean, you know, that's the thing. So, yeah, I mean, we're probably not going to see a whole lot tonight. And, and we haven't seen a whole lot of that in practice for obvious reasons. But every now and then he kind of like slips in a run and, you know, it obviously he's not getting tackled. So we're not seeing him break tackles. But we are seeing like the fact that he can kind of dip in and out and, you know, get away from tacklers and everything like that. So, you know, we're not going to see a whole lot tonight. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, they're saving that for, you know, week one and, and the rest of the regular season. Oh, by the way, Martin, if the RPOs for the entire game <clears throat> over-under is set at one and a half, I'm going over. I, I think Sirianni is actually going to, although he talked about not giving anything away and having an advantage by the fact that nobody's got tape on him. I think he's going to see if he's got, and it might not be Hurts on both of them. We might see a Nick Mullins RPO late in the game. Yeah. Just a prediction for <laughs> What the about match. a Joe Flacco? <laughs> no, yeah. Flacco's not happening. That's not happening. Sorry. Martin will tell you. Yeah, Joe's just glad to be now, out there hey, and staying upright. You know, uh, uh, Nick Sirianni talked about Nick Bowles, and obviously he learned about the RPO game. It started when Frank Wright went to Indianapolis. Remember, Nick Bowles would run RPOs, but they weren't really RPOs. He was going to throw the football, but it worked for him. They've done that a little bit with Joe Flacco and can so I think you might see it. He's just not going to run it, so it's yeah, it's technically know. not a not an RPO, but it looks like it looks like an RPO. 
It's an FPO, fake pass option. There's no real run involved. Yeah, exactly. I, I always I always default to the uh, Sam Br Bradford example. Um, I think it was against the Ravens. Yeah, like maybe twenty fifteen. <laughs> yeah. from his uh, knee injury and Chip Kellum Chip almost Kelly got him killed. Him. Yeah, yeah, an RPO, and I think it was Terrell Suggs, right? Who? Yeah, uh, almost yeah, yeah. Pretty much, I, uh, uh, Martin, I need to ask you this because I can't ask my partner because he's going to die on that uh, Andre Dillard Hill. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to assume that uh, I Jordan... called it. I called it for Jordan. I didn't die on that hill. Oh, John, you held out longer than anybody. Oh, else. I did. I held yeah. out longer okay. than anybody. Uh, I was the last one to call. Well, it. So let's see. Let's see if uh, John wants to go the next step. Because some of your compatriots, specifically our buddy uh, Brendan Lee Gowton, who I will give credit to if it happens, he went up the hill first. He said, by his judgment, Andre Dillard should be cut. That he has been that bad in preseason that looking at the roster, as is his position inflexibility, that he's only a left tackle. This was even before he got hurt and now isn't going to play on Monday night. That he, if, if his draft status wasn't included in the evaluation, that Andre Dillard was not playing well enough and has not played well enough to make this team. But we can't look at it in a vacuum. He was a first round draft pick, and Howie Roseman moved up to take him, and that is part of the evaluation. Does the organization have nerve enough to say, yeah, but we need to evaluate just their abilities on the field, and Andre Dillard isn't good enough, and we offered him around the league, and nobody will give us a conditional seventh-round pick. We'll do the whole injury release thing, and then if he doesn't get claimed by anyone, which he probably wouldn't, uh, they can stash him on injured reserve. What's the chance of that happening, Martin? I'd say none. They're not. They're not gonna. They're not gonna cut Andre Dillard. I mean, you don't do that with a first round pick in year two unless he's like a total head case and and you know locker room cancer. And and that's not the case with Andre. I mean, he he's a good guy. He's he does what what he's told and everything. He's not a disruption. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to keep him around. And and yeah, he he's not flexible. He won't play like right tackle because they tried that once and it was a total disaster. But, you know, you never know. It's a long season. You got 17 games, and, and he's probably still the second best left tackle on the roster. I mean, we haven't seen the Raven Clark because he's been, he's been out injured and hasn't uh, – he's, he's on the pup list, actually. He hasn't – you know, so you got to keep Dillard around. You need him for depth. Um, you know, something could happen to Melata. It's it's a long season. They're, they're not going to cut Andre Dillard. I mean – Definitely Jordan Maylotta is the starter. I think that's obvious right now. I mean, it was obvious for the past week or so that he's played better. And now that Andre Dillard has a knee injury, and even if he's out for two or three weeks, that takes you to the end of August. And that only gives you like like 10 or 12 days to get ready for the start of the regular season. So there's no way he's overtaking uh, Jordan Maylotta right now. But, no, they're not going to – they won't release him. I, no. I, yeah. by, by the way, uh, just so you know, and I know you know, you're three. Years that yeah. you're injured yeah. and don't play yeah. do count as years in the league. People try no, and do right. that with Ben Simmons all the time. Well, it's his fourth year. No, it's his fifth year because yeah. he, he didn't play his first year. If you're on the roster, cashing a check. But, it counts but, but, year. but Martin is right. I mean, from the standpoint, first of all, people don't understand. I mean, people get immersed in their own team, which is understandable. I mean, they follow their team. This is an offensive line deficient league. First of all, the Eagles could trade Andre Dillard. 
Somebody will yeah. take a chance on Andre. They could trade Matt Pryor, never mind Andre Dillard, and they might down the road. This is an offensive line deficient league, and everybody's looking for tackles in this league. Somebody will give Andre Dillard a second chance. So, number one, you wouldn't even have to cut him. But right. the second part, and in, in, uh, then I want to get into the defense with you, Martin. The second part is, you know, look at Jack Driscoll. First-round pick matters both ways. People think Andre Dillard's this big disappointment because he's a first-round pick. They think Jack Driscoll, who's been awful over the past week or so, has, has some upside because he was a fourth-round pick. And they say, well, he's got a chance. So it all depends on where you are. But we, we mentioned Nick Sirianni. I want to go to J.G. Jonathan Gannon because his defense has looked phenomenal. I, I think to the point you had lowered expectations coming into the season for this defense, Martin. Now I think they might be unrealistic expectations. This has been unbelievable. It's a pass breakup parade. The linebackers look good. We all thought the linebackers stink. The, the secondary has been tremendous. Darius Slay looks like, you know, Deion Sanders in his prime. It can't be this good, can it? Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, are they really that good, or is the offense they're going against really that bad? <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, it's it's the chicken or the egg. You know what I mean? It's, it's really tough to tell. I mean, yes, they have looked really good. I mean, you know, Eric Wilson had an interception in camp. I mean, perfect, perfect timing, perfect positioning and everything like that. Slay and Nelson were, like, breaking up passes left and right the other day I mean actually for most of camp you saw Zach McPherson I mean look look like he's probably good enough to start you know on most teams uh, so I mean is that a product of those of the defense being really good or is that a product of the offense being really bad and, and we'll start to get some answers to that tonight I mean you know you're going against another team you know I assume Ben Roethlisberger might play a few snaps here or there um, so yeah, we'll find out more tonight, but yeah, so far the defense has looked really good and really impressive and it's a good sign for the Eagles moving forward. I mean, you know, you look at the defense as a whole, they do have like a bunch of veterans on the team kind of, you know, have always been pretty good. I mean, you know, Fletcher Cox has always been one of the best defensive tackles. Brandon Graham's been great. Uh, you look at the other side, I mean, Barnett's a first round pick from 2017. He hasn't done a whole lot, but you know, he's been playing great. I mean, you know, he's healthy. He's been like, he's been going after it. And Josh Sweat, I mean, looks like he could be, you know, a breakout star if he gets a chance to play. I mean, from what we've seen. So, you know, your defensive front has been really strong and that kind of sets the tone. It helps the guys in the back, in the back end. And, and that's kind of what we're seeing. And maybe we'll keep seeing that. I mean, if the defensive line keep getting pressure on the quarterback, I mean, the defense should be good. Let me ask you about uh, the defensive line. We know Kerrigan is going to miss tonight's game and probably the next game had to have thumb surgery, hit his hand during a practice, but is going to be part of that rotation. You mentioned uh, Barnett and Sweat have both been phenomenal in practice this year. One of the things I was looking forward to was the fact that Jonathan Gannon was going to do it differently that he was going to bring blitzes, that he was going to be more aggressive than his predecessor, JM's favorite uh, defensive coordinator of all time, um, this year. 
But they're, that's that's if, not true. If anything, like they look like they can get there with their uh, four. That they're not going to need the blitz because the guys have been that good in practice. Is Jonathan Gannon going to do what he said? Both he and Nick Sirianni have been uh, very upfront and talking about you fit your play calling to the talent that you have rather than trying to slam dunk a system in and then make your uh, players do something that they're not up to doing. How do you think Gannon's going to uh, facilitate a pass rush this year? Well, I mean, ideally, you don't want to blitz at all because you want to have your, your front four be able to get to the quarterback without having to send in extra guys. Because when you do that, you know, you're, you're leaving some guys in the secondary, like one-on-one and everything, and, and that's when you get exploited. So, you know, if Gannon doesn't have to send, like, a linebacker or a safety or something, he probably won't do it if the defensive line is getting pressure. And that makes, you know, the back end that much stronger because – you know, the other team, if they have like three receivers out out on patterns and stuff, you've got guys in the secondary who can cover them. You got help, you got safety help, you got linebackers who can drop back and everything. So you don't need the blitz, and that makes your defense stronger. So, you know, JG seems to be the one thing I will say is he seems to be a little bit more adaptive than Jim Schwartz was. I mean, Jim Schwartz was not going to blitz to the point where he was like stubborn about it. I mean, I don't think that's going to be the case here. I think, you know, if, if Gannon sees that, that the line isn't getting pressure, he'll send people and he'll try to get the quarterback to move or, you know, throw on the run or off balance, you know, an off timing type of play and stuff. He'll do that. I, I think he'll be more, adapted to that than Jim Schwartz was. I mean, Jim Schwartz, it was almost to the point of stubbornness where he wasn't going to send anybody unless it was like total desperation, you know? So I think there's the difference right there. I think Gannon is much more willing to adapt, you know, to how the game is going. I mean, it could be not only week to week, but like play to play, you know, I mean, just based on what, what he's seeing from the offense. Now, the most interesting position to me, I think we're going to see it tonight, and uh, is sort of that Sam linebacker position, which is more of a hybrid role as a, a combination rusher, linebacker. Gennard Avery, probably not going to play. He's been one of those guys with, I think it's a groin. Uh, but he was listed on the depth chart as the first team Sam linebacker, which obviously is unofficial, but... I think that surprised some people at least. And then Joe Osman. We, we wake up one day and Joe Osman's a linebacker. And he's playing linebacker. And he's playing linebacker 100% of the time now. We also have a rookie, Patrick Johnson. Is that ultimately, do you think, where Ryan Kerrigan fits in when he is back? Or is that going to be sort of a, a different role? Yeah, as far as Kerrigan's concerned, I'm not exactly sure yet. I haven't, like, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of him, like, in that kind of role. I mean, ideally, like, when he was when he was with Washington, I mean, that was kind of like the role he played, so he would seem, like, more comfortable there. But, you know, if you're talking a rotational guy, I mean, BG is still, you know, Brandon Graham is still going to be the main guy on one end and Barnett and Sweat on the other end. So I don't know, like, I mean, you're not like designing a whole defense for Ryan Kerrigan who might play 30 to 40% of the snaps. You know what I mean? You're not going to change yeah. a whole lot there. But I mean, I mean, at the same time, 
you're still going to try to get him to do what he's best at. And if that's what he's best at, then yeah, maybe they'll design a few plays, you know, uh, schemes here and there for Ryan Kerrigan, but I don't think they're going to change a whole lot overall. Just, just to suit a guy who's going to rotate in, maybe play 30 to 35% of the snaps. Martin, I know I'm going to ask you to speculate a little bit here and uh, nobody really likes to do it when you're trying to evaluate injuries. Shoot. We just had Carson Wentz, uh, be evaluated five to 12 weeks. <laughs> Nothing like giving yourself a little leeway there to get that injury guess uh, correct. And shoot, he was out of practice yesterday without even a walking boot. So it might be less than five weeks how to go all the way to 12. Uh, I'm going to ask you to kind of take a guess here with Davion Wallace for me, because according to you guys, they're practice every single day. The kid really balled out here in preseason and was uh, giving himself a chance Davion to actually Taylor. Taylor. What did I say? Uh, Wallace, I think. Okay, sorry. Um, giving himself a uh, chance to play, um, injury is going to uh, curtail how many reps he's going to be able to get here in preseason. How much does it take him out of the mix? Will they uh, stand by what they saw in practice and believe when he gets ready to give him the kind of reps they were planning on and then uh, have that factor into game number one? What's your read on the time that he's going to miss and how much it's going to affect his opportunity? Um, yeah, I think I think his injury is, is kind of different because um, he's, he's a speed guy. I mean, you know, his strength is his ability to get from side to side and everything like that. So I think it's going to take a while. I think it's going to go like maybe in the first couple weeks of the season. I, I thought it was pretty ominous, like maybe the day or two after his injury, like you know, we saw him on the sidelines in a walking boot and everything. I mean, it's a calf, it's a calf injury. So that is also a bad one for a guy who relies on speed. I mean, that could be like a month or more. Um, so I think it's going to be a while for him. And, and I, I think it does hurt him because he's the kind of guy who needed, who needed every rep he could possibly get in training camp. I mean, you know, you look at his history, uh, he didn't play a whole lot. I think he only played like one and a half games in high school because of religious reasons. You know, he went to a junior college for a couple of years and then a couple of years in Colorado. So he's relatively inexperienced in football. I mean, he's got great, you know, natural speed and ability and stuff like that. It's just, he needs to harness all that into like being a smart football player. And I think by missing all this, all this time in training camp, that's really going to set him back. I mean, it's a bad injury for him. And I, I don't see him being ready for the start of the season. It might be a couple of weeks before, you know, he's ready to get on the field and show what he can do. But, you know, I mean, Alex Singleton is back. I mean, he's uh, he's kind of like you're steady. He knows what he's doing. He knows the defense. He's not going to be out of position. And, you know, he'll be able to do the job. It's just that, you know, a guy like Taylor brings him so much more possibilities and potential. But now – they're going to have to wait a little bit on him. I mean, it was it was a big setback for him. He's one of those guys that an injury in training camp affects more than other guys because he needs all the reps he can get. Yep. All right, Martin, last one from me. I started this conversation complimenting you, so on the way out, I'm going to rip you. All right, everybody read Martin, DelawareOnline.com. Seven Eagles players to watch for tonight's preseason game. I, I read it. I look at it. My camp crush is not on there. Tyree Jackson. How could you miss Tyree Jackson? He's the only guy I want to see. 
I think Philadelphia's going to fall in love with him. Grant, it's going to be third-team snaps, but he's such a monster. He's so physical. I think they're going to fall in love with him. Yeah, I, I think he's been, he's been great so far. Like, uh, he's been one of the top players on, on, on offense. And, you know, everything about him is, is, is really interesting. He's six foot seven. I think he's like 250 pounds. And the guy can catch. I mean, he's a former quarterback. Like a year ago at this time, he was playing quarterback. And, you know, who knew? Um, I think he definitely makes the team. I mean, I think he's on the 53-man roster, whether or not they trade Ertz or not. I mean, they'll find they'll find a spot for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess he was the eighth guy. There were eight guys. <laughs> All right, Martin, I'm going to finish up with this. I need you to give me a couple over-unders. I'm going to throw them by you. I need you to give me uh, which way you're going, over or under. Catches for Greg Ward tonight. Over, under, two and a half. That's uh, – can I answer that? That's uh, no, who cares? That's for Martin. You can go You can go next, McMullen, but Martin goes first. Take care of your guests. Show some manners. Over-under, two and a half receptions. Greg Ward tonight, Martin. I'm going over. Over, yes. Good job. All right. Over under yards receiving by Greg Ward tonight, 18 and a half. I'm going under. Oh, you see, I needed two overs. Damn it. I'm only asking for six yards of catch on the three catches he's going to get. Come on. Tell me. No, five yards of catch. Five. I got him. I got him. I think that's a slight improvement. I got him. I got him at six. That's a massive improvement. As a matter of fact, for Greg Ward, uh, Martin, fun stuff. We appreciate when you coming on. Uh, you're not only uh, good for information, but you're good for a laugh too. We appreciate you playing along with us. Thanks, buddy. We uh, John will see you down at the game tonight. We'll see you back here on Birds Three Sixty Five when we get closer to the season. All right, anytime. My pleasure. That Thanks, is Martin, Martin Martin Frank from the uh, Delaware News Journal. Greg Ward. Starting wide receiver to he's he's got to get the nod right, uh, JM. Yeah, I would think he would start. I think it'll be Rager and Fulgham on the outside, Greg Ward in the slot. So you're going to get a chance to to say your boy's a starter for at least uh, one more week, uh, yeah. two two weeks really, because Devon. I can't imagine Devonte would play until week three of the preseason. Then you know, then he might have an issue. Because they and, might go, they might go Smith, Rager, Fulgham. And one quickie before we get our first break in, um, you watch practice. You you've charted and tracked these kind of things. Compare Rager's outside snaps to inside snaps. Ah, they both stink. So it does. No, no, I'm talking. I'm not talking about results. I'm just talking uh, about pure more numbers. Outside. But Devonte hasn't been there, so that's kind of why uh, Devonte hasn't been there. The the plan for the Eagles was pretty clear. When they're in 12 personnel, they wanted it to be Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager as the two receivers. Uh, and then when they were in 11, uh, Rager would kick inside and play the slot, and Fulgham would come in on the outside. Devontae obviously stays on the outside. That was the way they were leaning. With Devontae out, Devontae's not practicing. Rager's played more on on the outside your boy has been in his familiar position get greg ward in there in the slot tonight i'm telling you minimum of three catches 
minimum of 18 yards. Could be a big play mixed in there somewhere. <laughs> we shall see. All right, Johnny McBullen, Jody McDonald, hanging with you here on Birds 365. Come back, got a couple other things I want to run by my partner. Uh, a little bit later, Jeff Kerr, who has been filling in for John as a co-host, is going to hop aboard and give us uh, his insight as a guest today here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. A game day edition of Birds 365. I've never said that before. The first one, yeah. Never had that? a game day edition yeah. of Birds 365. Looking forward to doing that with you 20, count them, 20 times this year. Let's see, that's a two and a zero. Uh, um, probably with this defense, probably 23 times, maybe? 
Oh, listen to Johnny Mac going. Uh, name you recognize, uh, buddy of mine, uh, Joe DeCamera, who, uh, of course, is the midday host on WIP these days, uh, used to be my producer at a different radio station, was my producer when I hosted the Eagle pregame show on WISP many moons ago. Uh, so yes, I've been working with and poking fun at the camera for years. I remember a couple of years ago when Chip Kelly first got here. And the Eagles look good in preseason practices. Oh, uh, didn't Joe think he was the the next big thing? He was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah. The Eagles, I believe, uh, one year won their two first two preseason games. The camera predicted twenty three and out. Uh, yeah, the Eagles. No, we not. didn't. Oh, Stop. he did. Oh, Stop. he did. Yes, he did. I heard it with my own two ears. They were oh. not going to lose a preseason I, game. I do remember him making a big deal out of how ahead of the curve the Eagles were compared to the rest of the league. And it was going to take years for them to catch up. I do remember that. I mean, 23 and I mean, that's three and oh, and I think he only had his tongue partially implanted in his cheek. Uh, I, I think he actually was believing his own chip Kelly hype, but uh, I digress. Um, and, and Oh, by the way, the outcome of tonight's game is damn close to meaningless. We will judge every single move and every single play call and overanalyze, and we'll do it right here tomorrow on Birds 365 and all the days leading up to game number two. Then we get a new play, a group of plays and results to overanalyze. That's what we do, and that's what you guys do as fans, and it's perfectly fine. Just don't get too worked up if the Eagles get no. beat tonight. If they lose 42 to nothing, yes, you can get worked up with us tomorrow. You're on Birds 365 because we'll be pretty worked up. But if they lose tonight, 17-16 or whatever the final score, it doesn't matter. I just took a quick check back. Um, last year, you couldn't even do it because there were no preseason games. What do you think the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid's led team, who won the Super Bowl back in 2019? What do you think they were in preseason, Johnny Mac? One loss record. Uh, uh, one win, maybe? One and three. Yeah. Yes, they were one and three, and they went on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So please don't get too worked up if the Eagles lose. I by... can't get over 23. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I. <laughs> I remember. No, I hope you know I was being facetious about playing uh, twenty games and you know going deep into the playoffs. With oh no, I I thank you for that because you reminded me of when I was in my car, um, listening to the show, and the camera said twenty three and zero, and he said it uh, as believable as you can sound on the radio. I had to pull over my car, get out my phone. Text to the camera, 23 and 0, about eight question marks, WTF, about nine question marks, and see if he would get back to me. And he did. And he said, and again, just judging from afar, you're trying to judge a text. He said, oh, yeah. That that's was his response when I asked well, him. I, 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 I know he was all in on Chip Kelly, you know, very similar to the Sam Hankey people. They were just, you know, dead set on. Yeah. This guy oh. is so far ahead. He's three D chess, so far of everybody else. Man, I you know, Chip Kelly, and I often say, you know, now in hindsight, I think he gets 
you know, too much criticism because I do think he was ahead of the curve on certain aspects and so many of the things he brought to the NFL are still here. But, man, that guy couldn't adjust. I mean, he just had one way of doing things, and that was it. And that, and when, once, once people figured him out and started adjusting, he just didn't have the ability to go in the other direction and adjust See, to those adjustments. So the key, the key word that you use right there is adjustments. Yeah. The best of the best are always adjusting. Bill yeah. Belichick is always adjusting. That's why he's won as many Super Bowls as yet. Guys like Chip Kelly and, yes, the uh, process keeper of the 76ers were so in love with their own genius that yeah. they believed they were so far ahead of the curve. They believed they were so good outside the box that they refused to come back inside the box when necessary. Yeah, and I you agree. have to be able to adjust. And by the and way, Bill be Belichick, Bill Belichick is going to be in here next week for joint practices uh, with the Eagles. That's going to be interesting, as it always is. But, um, you know, when I look at Bill Belichick, people I don't know if people remember, but Bill Belichick loved Chip Kelly before he even became the head coach of, of, of the Eagles. He when was he was up in the, New Hampshire. Yeah, he was they, one of they the, were they were yeah. uh, New England buds. Yeah, and he would bring him in and he would pick his mind about certain things, about tempo. And you remember Tom Brady with the no huddle offense up there. He would take the good stuff from Chip Kelly and filter out all the crap. There's the true innovator. But yep. you know how old is Bill now? Um, you know people don't think of old people as innovators. He's the biggest innovator in the NFL. He takes these young minds. He says, this is a good idea. All the other crap I'm going to ignore. I'm going to take your good idea, and I'm going to utilize it and win Super Bowls. And that's why Belichick has had the success that he's had. All right, I got a question for you. And, oh, by the way, I feel badly for you because if Belichick is here, that means practices are going to actually go more than 70 minutes. You're going to actually have to work for a living, McMullen. Yeah. Next we, we, you know, it's interesting here. because Bill was here – I think during Chip's first year as well. And it was always that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, you have this heavyweight against this rookie head coach. You know, who's got more power setting up the schedule? I think we know the answer to that. <laughs> oh, but but Howie will be the guy who yeah. actually dictates the schedule for the Eagles. So it'll be Belichick against Howie. That might yeah. be one that's worth looking at. Um, I got a question for you. Uh, one of your compatriots who, as a matter of fact, is going to join us tomorrow after the game. Very much looking forward to having Jimmy Kempsky on with us tomorrow. Did you participate in his stock up, stock down? Uh, yeah, yeah, everybody does. Uh, I, and that's why I wanted Jimmy on the show today. Now, Jimmy had something to do yesterday with his daughter, and he couldn't get to COVID testing. So this is this is how bad this is. So now Jimmy had to find a CVS 
to get a COVID test to prove to the Eagles he doesn't have COVID. Otherwise, you go down to their facility, they do the testing. Uh, but he couldn't do it because he had a family thing. So I think he said Jackson, New Jersey. I don't even know where Jackson, New Jersey is. Oh, that's where Great Adventure is. Oh, he had to go all the way up there to find a CVS to get a test. Really? So he could he could be at the game tonight. Now, wait a minute. If he had to drive all the way to Jackson, New Jersey, why didn't he just drive to South Philly? Because he couldn't. He couldn't. He had something to do, a uh, family thing. So he couldn't do it. Family thing, a um, great adventure? Why the hell would he go to Jackson, New Jersey? It'd take longer to get to Jackson, New Jersey. Because there, because there are no appointments. If you call up CBS's around here, he couldn't get an appointment to, for the rapid COVID test, whatever it is. So he had the first, the, the closest one he could find is Jackson, New Jersey. I think he told me Jackson, New Jersey. So I felt so bad for him, but he agreed to come I on hope, tomorrow. I hope so. he took his daughter to Great Adventure while he was at it. Yeah, he might as well. Way up there, might as well. Take her and well. put her on the Jersey Devil ride. Um, yeah. All right, but uh, <laughs> it's always a fun column that he does. And, yes, stock up, stock down type guys. The easy winner on the stock up, well, I should say easy, but a pretty significant winter winner was Quez Watkins. Josh Sweat got four top votes. Zach McPherson got four. Tyree Jackson, your guy, was three. And then a whole bunch of other guys with votes. Who got the McMullen vote? Quez Watkins. He did. Um, yeah, I think, talk. I think uh, Josh Sweat uh, has been the best player in camp. I said offensively, Zach Ertz has been the best player in camp. You could argue maybe some of the offensive linemen, but um, – I went Quest because it's been a bit of a surprise. And even Darius Slay, we asked Darius Slay the other day, who's been the best receiver you've gone up against in camp? And he said Quest Watkins. He's right, been good. I know, I know and, you're not going to cast any aspersions at your fellow Eagle beat writers. And uh, was this vote a uh, secret? Did you get to cast a secret? No, I mean, or? Jimmy just comes up to you at practice. I mean, there's plenty of people around, so it's not All really right. secret. Well, then, but then the, it, it depends where you're standing. Then if you know, I'm going to ask you to uh, reveal to us, who the hell voted for Kenny Gainwell? I do not know. Uh, okay. But I'll ask Jimmy that tomorrow on the show, or you yeah. can ask him, because he shouldn't have voted for Kenny Gainwell. Uh, you've been there practice every day. I haven't. I had pretty high expectations for Kenny Gainwell. I thought he was a real nice draft pick where they took him. Thought he was going to be part of their speed package. And at least that was the plan when camp opened. But uh, I've heard very little reports of Kenny Gainwell making splash plays and opening eyes and getting behind defenses and the like. I know what my expectations were, and that's what a lot of this has to do with stock up, stock down, what your expectations were out of the player before the first practice of this offseason. Uh, if anything, I would say Kenny Gainwell's stock is down, not the number one stock up guy on this roster. Yeah, I I mean, look, he's a young player. He's a fifth-round pick. I think it was a little bit unrealistic to say he's going to be a big part of this offense early on. I'm not saying he doesn't have potential. Uh, yeah, but I've seen some inconsistency. I don't look at Kenny Gainwell as a guy that – now maybe it comes down to the fact that they have tried to use this 21-speed uh, formation a little bit, try to get Miles Sanders on the field with another running back, and typically – it's not going to be Jordan Howard type. It's going to be Kenny Gainwell, uh, Boston Scott, Jason Hunt, somebody with speed 
uh, because Nick Sirianni's got this obsession with getting speed on the field. Um, yeah, I, maybe it's something for down the road, but I don't think you can look at this camp and say Kenny Gainwell's been one of the best offensive players or even a rising star. I think he's been a little bit disappointing, I would think, from his college reputation. Although even that, I think, is unfair because he is, you know, he was great in college for one year, but he was a fifth-round pick. A fifth-round pick is a fifth-round pick for a reason. All right, uh, before we get to stock down, um, no, you're Jeff not going to like just, this one. You're not going to like this one. Yeah, no, I'm going to like it. You're not going to like it. Um, uh, Jeff Curry and I have discussed this a couple times with guests uh, when you've been out uh, doing <laughs> recording stuff uh, a couple of times over the last 10 days or so. Eagles running back position. Gainwell, despite the fact of not flashing, is going to be on the 53-man roster. Yeah. Could he actually be inactive on given weeks? Yeah, that's a possibility. Uh, yeah. How do you uh, think the um, running back position is going to play? How many are they going to keep? How many are they going to use on game days? Well, it's interesting uh, because obviously Miles is by himself. And by the way, Miles has got to pick it up as a receiver. I mean, that guy is great on the sidelines catching footballs. It's amazing. He catches everything. Then he gets in the in the live action. Here are the drops again. It's like the yips. You never want to say that. Uh, but, I mean, at some point, it's got to turn around here. But, obviously, he's the starting running back. I will say Nick Sirianni spoke very highly at Boston Scott. Um you know, they put out their depth chart, which, again, is unofficial. Jordan Howard, surprised me, was number two. Um, ultimately, I, I I think it comes down to Jordan Howard versus Kerryon Johnson on who they want to keep. And it's kind of like, what type of player do you want? Do you want a pass protector? Do you want a guy who can catch the football? Or do you want that between-the-tackles runner? I think Gainwell, Scott, Sanders are pretty safe. And then I think they're going to keep born. It comes down to those two. Can Hunley be kept on the practice squad again? Because yeah, again, everybody can 16. You can get veterans on the practice squad. So you can have veterans on the practice squad. They're going to have the same COVID rules. It's expanded. You can have veterans on the practice squad. So yeah, if you get Jason Huntley through waivers, uh, you can get him on the practice squad. He's been, kind of better than expected. Yeah, I would say that's why if I'm you asking. want to do if you want to do a rising running back, I would say it's Huntley. And then the second part with Huntley, not that this is this and that important in the modern NFL is kickoff returns. You know, he's pretty good at that, but you never return kickoffs. So I don't think you can save a roster spot for just the kickoff return. Nor do I. All right. Uh again Jeff Carr's going to join us coming up in a little bit as a guest rather than as a co-host. Uh, stock down in Jimmy Kemsky's poll yesterday of all you Eagle Beat guys. Oh, there was a runaway winner. It's John McMullen's favorite left tackle. <laughs> I, 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 By the way, let me just say this because I wanted to get to it because I know you're ribbing me. But look, day 11, practice 11, Andre Dillard was the starting left tackle. It was 6-5. They were going through this. They were giving him – that's what I've said from the start. They were going to give him every opportunity to win that job. And that was going to continue into the preseason. 
They were going to rotate those guys each and every day. So while everybody else called it, and I called it as well, but I called it late, while everybody else called it early, they were not letting up on letting on giving Andre Dillard opportunities. That was the point I was trying to get across. Now with the sprained knee, Jordan Mailata's basically got to start week one. But even that, I'll say he's going to be the starter week one. If he falters, you, you don't get – you know, Brandon at BLG said Andre Dillard's got to – he ain't getting cut. He ain't getting cut. I can guarantee you. And Martin uh, I, said zero percent. I'm going into negatives. Negative fifty. They might trade him. They're not cutting them. Well, absolutely not take negative, and I don't take zero. I'm going to put a number on it because even though my partner said this last hour, and I think he's on to something, but he might not be 100 percent right. Um, he's on the league, he's the, not league on to it, the league itself is on the lookout for offensive linemen. It's not the best oh, yeah. shape the league has ever been in for everybody being three deep on their offensive lines in camps right now. I think they might try and sneak them through waivers with an injury designation uh, so that that way, if no one claims him, they can bring him back and they can just hold him out for three weeks. If you put him on the roster and he can't play, you're eating up one of those roster spots. I know the Eagles aren't such a great team that, oh, my God, how can they get down to 53 guys? But everyone thinks they're deep. Howie Roseman thinks the Eagles are deep right now. Every GM in the league thinks, oh, my God, we've got 70 guys we could keep. That's just the nature of the beast. They could actually build in some roster flexibility if they put Dillard through waivers and then bring him back with an injury designation, it would give him roster flexibility. Now, of course, yeah, you run the way risk. You put him to waivers, somebody could claim him, and you get absolutely nothing for him other than salary cap relief. That's where I'm going to stand with BLG. Well, this I will guy give you. Not I will. I will give you all the credit in the world if that's the way the Eagles go. Because, well, number one, you already have flexibility because we're back to. The, the COVID roster rules. They officially uh, approved them actually a couple of days ago. So not only do you have the 16-man practice squads, you also have injured reserve that you can come back multiple players and an uh, unlimited number of players can come back after three weeks. Right. So worst case scenario, they would put them on injured reserve for three weeks. They don't have to risk putting them through waivers. Right. But here's, no, here's the difference. We got to make sure we explain this correctly. You have to be on the fifty-three man roster. Yeah, you got to carry. You got to. You got to make the original fifty-three, right. and then, and if, then, if, then you can place a guy on the injury reserve. He can come back at any point. But if you release him, you put him to waivers with the injury designation, and no one claims him, then he reverts to you, and you don't have to have him on the fifty-three. He becomes plus fifty-three. You have that's your fifty-three. He's an extra one. That's, so that's where I'm however, talking about them. However, then he reverts to injured reserve, and then he's done for the season. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do. He can't practice. He can't come back. He's on injured reserve. He's ruled out for the season. So if you do it that way, it's just you're you're leaving yourself with the money and no opportunity to move them. No opportunity to get him back on the field as a safety net. No insurance plan, so it makes no sense. But the the bigger part of this, and the far 
greater point to this is, again, the Eagles have tremendous depth on the offensive line. That is not the case in the vast majority of cities. There is no way somebody will not give Andre Dillard a chance. Um, and they can get something for him. So if that's their – now, it might be late day three pick. It might be the Dennis Kelly trade. It might be something of that nature. But you can get something. You can get a late-round conditional pick. You know how this league is, Jody. It's not just Howie Roseman. He's got that pedigree. He's a first-round pick. There are teams who thought he was a really good prospect only three years ago. And they will say to themselves, and you know the hubris of this industry, they will say to themselves, well, I can get that guy going in the right direction. We need a tackle. Let's take a flyer. I mean, he's he's got too much natural talent. He will be given you, – you see, there was that ugly wide receiver draft. I heard somebody, and I, I wish I'd given the credit, and if I can think about it, thinking the Eagles – I've said the Eagles need to uh, um, pick up a veteran receiver, and somebody reported they were looking at Josh Doxson. So, I mean, think about Josh Doxson. How many opportunities has that guy had? All because he was first-round pick. Opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Laquan Treadwell, another one. He's taken first-team reps with the Jaguars. He's been nothing but awful, but he was a first-round pick, and he got opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Somebody's given Andre Dillard another opportunity. And by the way, it's probably the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, we shall see. Um, one more quickie, and then we'll get a timeout in, and then Jeff Carr's going to join us. Uh, I asked you, who had Kenny Gainwell as – one of the major stock-up guys, which I didn't necessarily understand because at least according to your reporting and others, he hasn't flashed. Uh, he's been down the list of playmakers in the Eagles' backfield so far. Stock down, Davion Taylor. Someone voted for Davion Taylor. Andre Dillard, 12 votes. Jalen Rager, 4. Jalen Hurts, 2. Guess and then I a bunch of guys. Guess with- who I voted for? And I can tell you, Davion Taylor, I don't I don't know who. I assume that's just because of the injury. Just because of the injury, his stock has gone down, and it has. So I can see that. Uh, but he was actually, when he was playing, it was up. But yeah. I mean, he hurt himself. I mean, if you're not on the field, you know, you, you, your, your stock is down. So I think... Again, I don't know. I can't get in somebody's head. I think that's the theory there. But, yeah, I was one of the two, my friends. That voted for Jalen Hurts? Again, you're there. I'm not. um, Not good. Not good, but maybe, as I pointed out. Again, let me point out to all the Birds 365 uh, listeners, John McMullen refuses to die on the Andre Dillard Hill. He's still defending him. He's still believing in somebody out there in the NFL is going to take a chance on him. He still thinks he's going to play for the Philadelphia Eagles. You can get the people riled up all you want, Jody. You know I'm right. You know how this league works. No, I don't know you're right. I think you're wrong. You know darn well. You might think the Eagles might not give him another chance, but you know darn well somebody else will. You know that. I know. I know you're smart enough to know that. This is a third-year player who is a first-round pick. You think somebody else isn't giving him a chance as a former first-round pick? The, those those wide receivers that you just ran down, the Doxons of the world, the Treadwells of the world, yeah. Somebody else could be foolish enough to say, yes, we'll take him on the team. 
Then they get him in their own practice jersey. Then they get a look at him, and then they go, damn, how was this guy ever taken in the first round? Actually getting out there on the field and playing for the team in a regular season game, to me, is giving them a chance. Claiming them off waivers, that's just a peekaboo look. That's not really giving a guy a chance. Giving a guy a chance to put him out on the field. First team reps in Jacksonville. I mean, what the what the heck's that? How bad is their situation? Mm. This is uh, uh, Jeff Kerr. We're going to have on my Wally Pip. He's trying to Wally Pip me. Um, he will tell you this is an offensive line deficiently, just as I said. There are teams wake up every day just praying they could get a left tackle with upside. Just praying and desperate for it. Eagles fans, like Packers fans with quarterbacks, Eagles fans are a little bit spoiled with offensive linemen. They don't realize what's going on in the rest of the NFL. It is an abject disaster in many cities. Andre Dillard can't play in comparison to Jordan Bailata, and he sure as hell can't sing in comparison to Jordan no, Bailata. Nobody, he just, nobody he, can. Bailata Sinatra. He needs to get out of town. All right, we'll come back. Jeff Kerr is going to join us next year on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. 
It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Live get together here on Birds 365 on a Eagles game day. We haven't had a chance to say that yet. Glad to be doing so today. Uh, the Macamac guys, McMullen and McDonald, here with you. The other guy I've been getting used to working with uh, as a co-host did a tremendous job. We'll continue to do so with Johnny Mac's got to head down to Eagle practice. Jeff Kerr from CBS, good enough to jump on as a guest today. We've never had you on as a guest, have we? No, we well, we at well, least on. <laughs> Yeah, I've been on a couple times. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, well, then you know how to on. do this, too. Um uh, go ahead, take McMullen's side that the league is so bereft of offensive talent. Andre Dillard would be scooped up in a millisecond. I literally just had a talk with my boss no less than an hour ago, he, who is a Giants fan, and said, can the Eagles give us Andre Dillard? Can they give us Matt Pryor? Can they give us somebody? Exactly. It's, he said, you guys don't need 11, 12 offensive linemen on that football team. He said, give us one. I said, nah, I like you in your misery, and I like your quarterback in misery. So it all works. The Miami Dolphins, another team, they desperately need offensive linemen. The Minnesota Vikings, everybody. There's 15 stinking teams in this league, as I said, that wake up every day and say, could you please find me a left tackle? Andre okay. Dillard is going to be here. But even if he wasn't, even if they they wanted to move him, they could trade him. They could get something for him. Jeff, tell Jody I'm not crazy. I will say this, and I've been very disappointed with Andre Dillard. He's probably still a top 20 tackle, left tackle in the National Football League. That's how bad it is. There are some bad left tackles I have watched over the last couple years. It's Eagles are fortunate that – they drafted a guy in the seventh round, traded up into the draft to get him, and developed him. I think the biggest hire for the Eagles this offseason, honestly, was keeping Jeff Allen. Uh, let me uh, ask you this, and this is for John, but Jeff, I want you to chime in too. Um, one of the guys that has owned uh, Dillard in preseason practice is Barnett. Is it that Barnett's been that good or that Dillard has been that bad, Johnny Mac? Uh, Barnett's been very good. You know, I kind of bring up, I think it's ironic. Jeff just brought up Jeff Stoutland. Uh, and Jeff, I, I probably told you guys earlier in the show, Jeff hates one-on-one drills between because it's all geared for the defensive line. There's no threat of a run. There's no threat of a draw. There's no threat you're going to do something else. So it's especially at left tackle, right tackle, guys on an island. You should be winning those reps as as a defensive end. Now, Josh Sweat has been amazing. He beats everybody basically. So when you get a stalemate with Josh Sweat, you count it as a win. Derek Barnett's been very good. Yes. Uh, uh, Jordan Mylott has been much better in individual drills than Andre Dillard. That's what caught everybody's eye. But I will say this. If you watch the first two years, first three years, really 
of Jordan Mailata's career, if you judged it on one-on-one reps and how Joe Osman, and Jordan will admit this to you, beat him like a drum on a daily basis, you wouldn't think he should be here. And now everybody's got him getting fitted for a giant gold jacket in, in Canton, uh, and they're jumping the gun. My point is, Individual drills are not that important. Jeff Stoutland doesn't think they're that important. But, yes, this particular year, Jordan Marlotta has been very uh, much better than Andre Dillard at individual drills. That always hasn't been the case in the past, though. So you should be thrilled that the Eagles look at other things if you're a Jordan Marlotta fan. Just 12 months ago, I was wondering if Jordan Marlotta was even going to be on this team. So was Jeff Stoutland. Exactly. And that's what I was going by. I'm like, okay, he's getting known by Joe Osman, as you point out, John. He's doesn't really have that much gear. I don't even think he played the regular season game except that one game where I guess Doug Pearson teased he was going to be like a tank back or something. I forget what, what that whole situation was about. But overall, I'm like, okay, what's this guy's future in the NFL? Like, are they going to really be – that patient with him, especially if Andre Dillard is going to be the left tackle. I mean, they had to move Jason Pierce over to left tackle because Pierce had, had all the cards in his deck. He, he just yeah. wasn't ready yet. So Jordan Malala, once he finally got on the football field and showed a little bit of that potential, that's when I think it all started to come together for him. But yeah, overall, it's just that, you know, I'm not ready to put the gold jacket on the guy yet, but I think he's going to be a top 10 left tackle in this league, uh, you know, over time, maybe even this year. I'm, but, you know, back to the Derek Barnett thing. Barnett's been good. It's yeah. not like – I think people are – what's the word I'm looking for? I, I guess they're overanalyzing it. Like, oh, Josh Sweat has been leaps and bounds above Derek Barnett. Well, Josh Sweat's probably been the best player in camp, not named Jordan Malata. And it's not like Derek Barnett's been a slouch here. It's just – they're just really good pass rushers, and it's great for the Eagles to have two guys like that. And they have a future when Brandon Graham ultimately decides he gets old or decides to hang him up. All right. I asked this question of John earlier, and I'm interested in your take too, Jeff. Um, tonight, <laughs> Nick Sirianni calls his first play for the Philadelphia Eagles. It will the, be the most important thing that he does. Uh, fans well overstate, overstep. The analysis of play calling, as uh, John correctly pointed out, they really don't even understand or no play calling. They judge results. Uh, Doug Peterson was the coach in 2017. He was a coach in 2020. In between, he didn't take stupid pills. He looked great in 2017, putting up almost a 40 spot in the Super Bowl. And it was bad enough to get him fired at the end of 2020. So it's an overstatement. But the results don't matter at all tonight other than us getting a taste of what Nick Sirianni is all about and what kind of offense he's going to run. What are we going to see out of him as a play caller tonight, Jeff? Well, I want to see him run the football a little bit more. I, I know that's cliche, but I kind of want to see a little bit of the passes, the running backs. Like, I don't think we're going to see anything much. Like, It's going to be very vanilla. This is where I kind of wish Devonta Smith was here because I kind of want to see how they would use him or get a little bit of a teaser how they use him. 
personally, I would love to see a Jalen Hurts deep ball or two because his deep ball has been good in camp. And I kind of want them to use Jalen Rager in the slot a bit. I, I, I'm more interested in where players are going to be. Like, is Jalen Rager going to be in the slot more? Are they going to put him outside? Are they going to play Quez Watkins a lot more? Uh, your boy Greg Ward, Jody, where are they going to – how are they going to utilize him after Miles Sanders? How are they going to rotate the backs? Uh, are they going to use that 21 speed that Sirianni talked about earlier? You know, I want to look at the zone blocking techniques they're, they're going to use. Are they going to use any RPOs in tonight's game? I, I'm Honestly, I'm more interested in where people are going to be lined up, and will that be a teaser for the season? All right, let's take it to the other side of the ball then, Jeff. What are you looking for from Jonathan Gannon, who has been the second coming in <laughs> training camp? This defense has looked phenomenal. If it keeps going the way it's going, by the way, John Jonathan Gannon's going to be a one-and-done guy, maybe, if this defense turns not. out to be uh, as, as good as it has been in training camp. Now, I don't think it is going to be that good. So we have this chicken and egg kind of dilemma, uh, uh, causality dilemma. Is the defense really that good, or is the offense just struggled that much? I think the defense is pretty good, too. And uh, I will say this. they Any leak in the pipe, they seem to patch uh, this offseason with Steven Nelson, Ryan Kerrigan, Eric Wilson. Uh, yeah, I actually think the Eagles linebacking core is the best it's been in years, and I know that's a low bar right now, but – you know, Davion Taylor basically having a good camp confirmed that. You know, if he was going to be your starting linebacker, and McMullen, you probably know, know this, it looked like he would have been if he didn't get hurt, but you still have Alex Singleton on there. It's not like Jannard Avery's a slouch at line. I think the Eagles listed him as like the first team Sam linebacker. Yeah, I was pretty intrigued by, uh, you know, who, who knows how they're going to line him up there. But overall, I just want to see. Uh, I don't want to see blitzes. I just want to see a pass rush and get to the corner that can get to the quarterback. And I want to see the core, the cornerbacks, you know, just kind of break up plays a little bit. I don't think we're going to see Darius Slay that much or Steven Nelson. So I'm more interested in how the Milton Williams is and the Zach McPherson's of the world do. But uh, overall, I want to see if it's going to be more zone, more man. I, I have a feeling it's going to be more zone. I kind of want to see the cornerbacks pressed up a little more against the receivers, but I don't think Gannon's going to tip his hand at anything tonight. All right, since I uh, have to get out a couple minutes early, I'm going to be a jerk ahead of time uh, to both you two guys. But, and but, I'll but, apologize. But, let, me, let me get out in front and apologize to both of you two gentlemen, but I still want the question answered anyway. Um, tonight in the press box, window open or window down – and if the window is open, a lot of hot air coming in. They want the air conditioning on. I understand. If it were me, they asked me, I would say put that window down. I want the AC. Thank you very much. It's going to be 91 degrees at kickoff. I checked the temperature. Good luck to you guys. Um, yeah. If the window is down, does that mean you guys are working indoors? And will you be donning your masks while sitting indoors? Because Pennsylvania just went to indoor mask mandates, and the Eagles said they're following suit. They expect their fans inside to have their masks on. Now you're sitting outside, you see no mask necessary. You're going to be in the press box, and the window down designates inside or outside. Curran McMullen, will you have your masks ready? McMullen can answer for tonight. Next week, I will be wearing my mask. And here's my superstition here. So I, I'm a competitive bowler. 
I used to average 205. I've been averaging 217 since I've been wearing the mask inside my local bowling alley all, right. all the time. So the mask will – I am trained to wear that mask for four-plus hours, so I'm good. By the way, Jeff, before I answer that question, and I know i got to answer it, did you know Nick Biero, who was on the Eagle Speed for a long time, is, yeah, oh. now, he used to be a pro bowler. He used to be a, a, yeah. a professional bowler. So, so got Nick, to- I got a funny Nick Fierro story. One of the guys I bowl with on Monday night who I hang out with a lot, bowls with Nick in the summer. So I get to hear plenty of Nick Fierro stories about when he screws up or <laughs> when he gets mad. I'm like, I would love to see Nick Fierro just throw something out of bowling alley right now. I told him I'm going to come once, one Sunday or one Monday night. I think they bowl in the summer and just – bust his chops and that, I don't think he's gonna look forward to it too much so it's good we got another uh top tier bowler so we're gonna have our great Eagles bowling league but as far as mass yeah we've already been told we gotta wear him Jody Eagles press box is like a Las Vegas casino we don't have an option the, the windows are closed they don't want us jumping out we're not like Merrill who can open the window to get some kind of atmosphere that thing is closed now today it's awesome because I'm gonna be in the air condition but uh, yeah, the mask has got to be on. We have so, no so you will be you will be wearing your mask throughout. All right, uh, you guys did it last year going to games. Uh, the Eagles had some people in the stands. Everybody is so pumped to be able to go back to a football game. If you haven't been there, if you didn't get in to one of the games last year, but the fact is, it is still an exhibition game. I asked you, Johnny Mac, the other night when they announced the attendance at the Eagles live practice. 25,000. I saw some video. I saw some stills. Didn't look like 25,000 to me. How many people are actually going to be sitting there end of the first quarter? Which, by the way, that is exactly when you need to judge the attendance for a game. I, I have done my research on this over the years. One minute to go in the first quarter. Before the break, when people got to go and get a run and get a beer and go to the bathroom, whatever, you need to do your observation of the stadium with one minute to go in the first quarter to get your true attendance. When you do that uh, tonight, McMullen, how many people are going to be in the stands for the Eagles? You know, that's a good question because we didn't have preseason football. The bands weren't allowed. There were a few bands for that very short period. So I think people are, are a little bit hyped up, but I thought there were going to be more people at the open practice for that reason than and there weren't. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think most people show up at the beginning. So I'm going to say 60, no, 55,000 early, and then people start to leave as they start to see second-team people. Do the Eagles do like the Phillies where it's paid attendance? Because I know – Yeah, 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 they do. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. yeah. I know a bunch of season ticket holders that the only reason they're going is because they can't sell these tickets. So they're going to go and they'll probably Mm -hmm. stay for the first half or however long Jalen Hurts is in. And I I think the Phillies playing at one may help too. If it wasn't so hot out, it'd be a nice day to do a doubleheader. Yeah, I, that's I, one of that's one of the things, Jody. Real quick, I mean, the, the one of the bad things about the NFL: all these teams bundle preseason tickets with regular season games, sure. and they force you to buy them, which is terrible. But it is what it is. Everybody's done that. The last team to uh, fall prey who made individual uh, preseason tickets available. Last team was no Jets. idea. Jets held out Jets, the longest. Yeah. 
And then they, like the other 31 teams, said, oh, no, no, you buy season tickets. That includes both preseason games. And this year for the Jets, it's only one because they got a home game because they got the extra 17th game because they're in the AFC. But I digress. I, I need a prediction out of both of you two guys. I made mine earlier. Greg Ward, three catches, over 18 yards, and two RPOs tonight. It might be only one Jalen Hurts. And Macman thinks it could be uh, Flacco with the other one. I think it's going to be Nick Mullins. So I'm already on the record for a couple of predictions. I need one prediction out of each of you. Make it whatever you want. Final score, somebody getting the X amount of stats. But I need a prediction from each of you on tonight's game. Jeff, go first. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to probably get a lot of flack for this. I say Jalen Rager catches a bomb then. I don't know why I think that, but uh-huh. I, I've been doing bold predictions all week, so let's do a bold one. And what's the other one I'll go with? I should go defense right now, but I kind of want to go offense. It was funny because before they waved injured Michael Walker, I was going to say Michael Walker was going to have a big night, but I will, I'll go really bold. Mark and Michelle gets a catch. Mark and Michelle just all showed right. up. Well, he's got it. Yeah, he, he's going to play. I'm going to go more uh, existential. I'm going to say Philadelphia. I already said one of these. Philadelphia is going to fall in love with Tyree Jackson, and they're going to fall in love with Milton Williams, one on each side of the ball. There you go. Good prediction out of you guys. Uh, Jeff Kurt, thank you much. Enjoyed the game tonight. I guess I'll get you a couple of days next week. Looking forward to it. Uh, Johnny Mack, you're coming back with uh, Joe Krause, correct? Correct. Uh, Joe Krause to finish the show. Jody, have fun on CBS. I plan on doing that, and John and I will be back manana after we get to see how our Eagle predictions worked out. And none of us predicted the final score of the game. That's how important tomorrow tonight's game is. But we will be back. Uh, John is coming back with Joe Krause next. Thanks for watching Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Jumping in the chair for Jody Mack here on Birds 365 with my good buddy John McMullen. Nice to have Johnny Mack back in the chair uh, with Jody Mack here across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Of course, Eagles game day all day, beginning with Birds 365 this morning. Johnny Mack, your day just gets underway. It's going to be a long, long day and a long, long night uh, for you. And on behalf of all of the um subscribers of the Jacob Media YouTube network. Thanks for the grind, brother. We appreciate the work that you're doing on your camp reports, and we appreciate all the work you're doing right here on the Jacob Media uh, YouTube channel. Let me pause for just a moment, John, and uh, take a second to make our official announcement now. Uh, The official first giveaway of the 2021 season is our a pair of Eagles season tickets. It's a Birds 365 exclusive. You must be a subscriber to the Jacob Media channel. We'll give away two tickets for the entire season down at the link. All games included in the season ticket package. And we're going to give them away and select our winner on Thursday night, September 16th, which will be our special countdown to kick off into Thursday night football, we'll be on location out at King of Prussia at a location called Screwballs, a great sports bar, uh, and a lot more details to come, and a lot more great stuff. You know, Johnny Mac, we live to provide great experiences For our viewers and our listeners, I think this is an appropriate way to kick off the new season. Yeah, and and by the way, Krause, not a game. I'm going to go Allen Iverson on you. Not a game the whole season. The The whole whole season. season. Now, are people going to have to show up at Screwballs and be subscribers? 
Well, are we, we giving want, this away? Well, we want people to be subscribers, and we want everybody who's local and uh, regional to the Philadelphia market and the South Jersey market uh, to be on location. We'll be packed that night um, beyond capacity uh, for uh, for the giveaway. But there are many subscribers on the Jacob Media YouTube channel who are not local, uh, but we will do that giveaway on that Thursday night. Uh, we also have tickets, uh, additional tickets for the first home opener, uh, the home opener against San Francisco. We've got a lot of great stuff. Uh, I'm breaking out the closet early uh, on that Thursday night. Uh, Johnny Mack, I'm going to send the uh, Uber Black Stretch to pick you and Jody Mack up just so I can get your ass and Jody <laughs> Mack's ass over to King yeah, of you Russia gotta, on you a gotta, Thursday you, night. You, 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 you know, you got to do some uh, special things to get us on the Schuylkill. Because, you, you know, you know. Yeah, now, no. South Jersey, I'm all in. I'm all, I'm all in. So but yeah, stretch limo. I'll take it. Stretch Uber. Black. Uber black. Yeah, well, so we'll figure out all those details. Get subscribed if you're not subscribed already. We'll have VIP seating, by the way, for all of our Devontae Smith jersey winners uh, who have already received their Devontae Smith jersey. Uh, all kinds of good stuff planned. Uh, just subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, John, let's uh, finish up the show here with some uh, conversation. Of course, game day, you talked a lot about it in your opening hour and 40 minutes so far uh, on this show. Um, I did want to ask, and perhaps the question did come up. If it did, I apologize for uh, being repetitive with it. Um, will they play long enough tonight to be evaluated? To, for the coaching staff to learn something from the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's important. And Nick Sirianni kind of mentioned that earlier this week, especially at certain positions. Running back, I think it's a big thing to be able to look at live reps, to be able to look at guys. Who, are they breaking tackles? You can think about it in practice when you're you're blowing the short whistle, nobody's tackling to the ground. And you say, hey, it stopped there. Uh, the defender got him. Maybe he didn't get him. Maybe uh, he was about to break the tackle, the running back. So really important for that, really important for offensive and defensive linemen to get that physicality. Wide receivers, they're going to see some press coverage. Uh, you know, I know Steve Nelson's been very physical against the Eagles. Young receivers, uh, maybe the Steelers try to do the same things. Yeah, these are important evaluation reps uh, for the coaches, for the for the reason that they're live. I mean, we have not seen one live rep at Eagles training camp. So we're back sort of uh, to the days of Chip Kelly. Doug Peterson had a couple uh, live drills every summer where, where they tackled to the ground. Nick Sirianni hasn't had that, hasn't officially ruled it out, but he hasn't had it yet. Um, so – these these reps, these live reps are important, and you can evaluate players. And, hey, it starts with Jalen Hurts. A lot of people are saying he's not a practice player. He's a game day player. One of the reasons why, they blow the whistle. They're being extra cautious. They have the red jerseys on. Um, sometimes he can extend plays that would have been blown dead at practice, and they turn into big plays. So you can evaluate that kind of stuff. Let me ask you, if, stay on running backs for a moment, and let me ask you about 
their fifth round selection, Kenneth Gainwell. <clears throat> I kind of scanned back through all of our football 24 7 Eagles camp recaps that we do following the practices or uh, for every training camp. Uh, John, I didn't, I don't think we mentioned the name uh, Kenneth Gainwell uh, in any of those reports. And then I kind of look back and I kind of remember Gainwell being kind of recognized as maybe a steal in the fifth round. Um, have you seen anything from Gainwell yet? Uh, well, Jody and I were just talking about it earlier in the show because Jimmy Kemsky did his annual stock up, stock down, where he asked every member of the media there, okay, who's rising, who's falling? One put uh, Kenny Gainwell stock up. I don't know who it was. I don't know why. I haven't seen that. I don't think most reporters have seen that. Look, he's a fifth-round pick. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. He hasn't been bad. Uh, just hasn't been a lot of splash plays. He he has struggled a little bit as a punt returner. They've tried to put him back there. He struggled catching the football. I don't think he has a, a ton of experience doing that. So that's a work in progress. I just think it's going to be a ramp-up period for him. He's going to be on the team. Uh, but anybody who thought, oh, Kenny Gainwell is going to be what he was at his one year of Memphis, uh, it, it's it's a difficult transition. Made more difficult by the fact that he was an opt-out last year, didn't play because of COVID. So, yeah, he's not going to be an Im immediate contributor. And he's another guy where these reps tonight and throughout the, the preseason are going to be very important for him for that reason. He needs reps. He's a young player. He needs reps. But I don't think he's going to be a big part of the offense as a rookie. Let me see if you agree or disagree with this. In order for the Eagles to have a successful season, you define successful, in order for them to be competitive – in order for Jalen to have a chance to be good, Nick Sirianni is going to have to rely more on the running game than Doug Peterson did during his tenure. Um, it depends how you define the running game. I would say no in a traditional sense. I would say yes in the fact that the quarterback is going to have to run the football. So that's a part of it. Um, but if people think that they're just going to turn around and hand it to Miles Sanders 30 times a game, not going to happen. I mean, I've talked about it a lot. And by the way, Jeffrey Lurie is correct in this. Uh, he doesn't believe that's the way to win in the modern NFL. I agree with him. Um, not to say you, you don't want balance because you want balance. But it's one of the reasons why – I think Jalen Hurts has a very narrow path when it comes to to winning this job in a long-term sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not this season. He's going to be the starting quarterback unless something strange happens and uh, there's a trade uh, that we all talk about that's probably not going to happen uh, this early. Um, but long-term, how does he win the starting job? How does he stop the Eagles from looking at 
at, at outside options at quarterback after this season. I don't know if he can because Jeffrey Lurie has decreed in this organization he wants a top-tier passing offense. He wants an innovative passing offense. He feels that's the way to win consistently. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is that type of quarterback. So, yes, they will rely on his running ability. So it might look like they run the football more, but if you're just talking about handing the football off to running backs, no. I don't think Jeffrey Lurie wants that, and he he steers this ship. Well, of course, in order to do that, you have to have good receivers. You have to have great talent at playmaking positions on the offense. They don't have that right now, or we don't know that yet. They they don't have it right now. Um, I think there was great hope that Devontae Smith would sort of um, allow everything to kind of fall into place at receiver, but he's already hurt. He's not going to be playing tonight. He's probably not going to play in week two of the preseason. Maybe he'll get a few snaps into week three. That sets him back a little bit as a rookie player, as talented as he is. Rookie players need reps. They need to get uh, up to speed with an NFL offense. It also has a domino effect the other way. We talked about it in a positive fashion. Now it's in a negative fashion. Instead of uh, Smith, uh, Rager, and Fulgham out there, it's got to be Rager, Fulgham, and probably Greg Ward. It's not nearly as good on paper, not nearly as explosive. You don't have Jalen Rager in the slot. You don't have that explosion. Um you know, one one interesting name we asked Darius Slay, who has been the best receiver in camp. He said Quez Watkins. So I say to myself, that's the best corner on this team. That's one of the best corners in the NFL. He says Quez Watkins. Nick Sirianni, you talk about competition. Let's get Quez Watkins some first-team reps. Let's see if he can compete because you've got to get better at the wide receiver position. You have to get better. And if Slay is saying that, I think it's worth taking a look at Quez Watkins. Well, if Slay is saying that, certainly head coach Nick Sirianni is seeing that, right? I would think. We're all seeing it. But I talked to Jody a lot about this because Jody believes in this competition mantra. And I, I said it's not real. It's not real. It's real at certain positions. Left tackle, it was real. Uh, until Andre Dillard sprained his uh, knee. Uh, it's real at linebacker, where Jonathan Gannon has rotated guys in and out to give everybody an opportunity. Um, again, Fletcher Cox is not competing against anybody. Brandon Graham, um, even Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat, Jonathan Gannon has said he considers both of them starters. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Jalen Hurts. And they won't name the starting quarterback, but Nobody else has taken a first-team rep. Wide receivers should be one of those positions. They seem to be defaulting to Jalen Rager for obvious reasons, former first-round pick, last year's first-round pick, hasn't performed that well. Quest Watkins has. If this is a real competition, let it be a real competition. 
Eagles, by the way, going into the uh, game tonight are a one-point favorite for those of you monitoring the line and the current total, the over-under total uh, set at uh, 35. Steelers, by the way, playing their second game, looking to go 2-0 and on the preseason uh, for what that is uh, yeah. worth as well. They handled Dallas, if you can consider the Hall of Fame game a game, uh, which I actually do because it officially kicks off the season. Um, they beat Dallas, I think it was 16-3 or something like that. Last question for you, Johnny Mack, here on Birds 365 uh, pertaining to head coach Nick Sirianni. Also his first game uh, <laughs> as the head coach on the sideline. Here's the question. If head coach Nick Sirianni is smart enough to know what he doesn't know, how will that apply during real game conditions? Well, I think, you know, one of the things people don't realize is how big a first preseason game is for a rookie head coach from a, a management standpoint, from a just the logistical standpoint. How does the communication work? Now, we said he'll call the plays. He'll tell Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator, will be in jail and hurts his ear. Uh, that's what people, everybody focuses on. But this is the head coach. He's got to communicate with Jonathan Gannett. Uh, the defensive coordinator, Michael Clay, the special teams coordinator. How does this work? Or if they have a fourth and one in plus territory at the 47, 48, who's in his ear? Who's who's giving him the analytics? All this kind of stuff. First time he's doing it, that might be the most important part of this whole game, to be honest. How does this young coaching staff that doesn't have a ton of experience handle things when the live bullets are flying, because Krause, when you got 40 seconds, bang, it comes quick. And you're calling plays. You got to be a player or two ahead. You got to be thinking about that. And if you're thinking about that, how do you handle time management? You know, how do you handle timeouts? Are you, are you on the ball? Do you know what you don't know? As you said, do you have somebody keeping an eye on that for you? This is all going to be interesting. And we're going to see, Nick Sirianni in that element for the first time. Last quick thought from you, Johnny Mack, before we uh, say goodbye here on this Thursday. Uh, Eagles game day, Steelers in town tonight for the first preseason, uh, for the first preseason game. Help us feel good about preparing for Friday by telling us that no matter what happens tonight, no matter what we see, good or bad, it's okay. It is not going to define this team. Well, no, it's not. Number one, good or bad, it's not. So get that out of your mind. You know, be Jalen Hurts. Never get too high, never get too low. Nick Sirianni is already on record saying he thinks he has an advantage uh, early in the season. Nobody knows what the Eagles offense is going to look like. The Atlanta Falcons don't have tape on them. He has already said he's not going to show a lot of stuff uh, in the preseason for that reason, because he thinks he's going to have at least a little bit of an advantage early in the regular season. So this is about evaluating players, nothing else, not about the final score, not about the final statistics. It's about evaluating individual players. 
All right. Great stuff with Johnny Mack here on Birds 365 with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. Uh, Krause sitting in with you just to finish it up on Thursday. Everybody, John and Jody, will be right back here uh, tomorrow. Again, our Eagles season ticket giveaway. We officially announced that right here on Birds 365 season tickets for all home regular season games. You must be a subscriber. We will give those tickets away on September 16th at a great sports bar in King of Prussia called Screwballs. It'll be a lot of fun. You'll see Jody Mack and Johnny Mack limoed in if necessary, helicoptered <laughs> in if necessary. I want the helicopter. Can we uh, get the helicopter? Thursday night. On behalf of Johnny Mack and Jody Mack, uh, I'm Joe Krause. Go Birds. See you next time. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.